Today, Jackie and I want to share a little bit about fun and faith and fun under the COVID era. I'm not um, used to fun on computers. I've never played a computer game in my entire life. Okay, so in a, in a COVID era where everything is by computer, it's just very much a different whole scenario to me. But I shall learn and I shall have fun. I'm not able to go and play football and do all the things I, I love doing. But here we are. So we go back to the beginning of the year or end of last year where we all made plans. We all made plans of what we wanted to do. Uh, indeed, the church had plans of what we want to do. And um, I personally had my own plans. I shared some with the church, like I'm going to go to stop at every train station in Birmingham to be able to know Birmingham and reach out to people. I think I had my plans. Some young man... Um, some young man did remind me from our D group last week that if you want to make God laugh, you should have plans. Yeah. And uh, for a young man, that was very wise information to pass on to me. But that is what um, Zachary William shared with me. If you want to make God laugh, you need to make plans. So I took that and noted that. But we had plans. And then all of a sudden, unprepared, we are in a lockdown. And the question is, what do we do? Uh, the lesson that we're about to share is something actually shared by Franklin and Edin Walters as to what they were doing. And I thought, man, this is so encouraging. It will be good for us to share with our, our brothers and sisters here in Birmingham. I've modified it a bit so. Um, but in terms of having faith and um, having fun, what do we look at? Okay. I thought it would be good to begin with a book of Kings. All the scriptures will be on the screen. Chapter 6, 2 Kings, chapter 6, verse 8 to 23. I'll read. Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. The man of God sent a word to the king of Israel. Beware of passing that place. Because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel. He thought they were leaking the information in these private discussions. None of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Wow. Go find where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back. He is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. 
And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. This is our prayer today. Open our eyes so that we may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes. And he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. As the enemy came down towards him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness, as Elisha had asked. Elisha told them, this is not the road, and this is not the city. Follow me, and I'll lead you to the man you are looking for. And he led them to Samaria. After they entered the city, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of this man so they can see. Then the Lord opened their eyes and they looked. And there they were inside Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, he asked, Yes, Elisha, shall I kill them, my father? Shall I kill them? Do not kill them, he answered. Would you kill those you have captured with your own sword or bow? Set food and water before them so that they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. So he prepared a great feast for them. And after they had finished eating and drinking, he sent them away and they returned to their master. So the bands from Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. Isn't that amazing? What I, I love these scriptures. It says the background of our eyes being open. And the first thing he says is open my servant's eyes. But also he prayed that God will open the Aramean army's eyes. This time, their eyes were open and they saw how vulnerable they were. And we also need to pray that God opens our eyes to see our vulnerability. Because he also provides grace. Just as uh, Elisha asked for grace for this enemy. Set food and water before them so that they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. Wow. Even in our vulnerabilities, there is grace. But that's what we learn. So the question is, Lord, open our eyes. Lord, open our eyes. Next slide, please. <coughs> and so we need to pray for our eyes to be opened, to increase our faith. We need that preparation. Second Corinthians 4, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Hebrews 11 talks about faith as having the confidence and hope about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And indeed, we're an era where for me personally, I share for myself. I'm used to going out, sharing my faith from station to station. I'll go to New Street. I'll sit on the train. I will just walk hours and talk to people. Now, 
when I go out and you are in the queue, even when you cough, people are offended and afraid. You dare not even open your mouth. What do I do in the era of COVID? Outreach in the era of COVID. What I need is right here. What I need is faith. What I need is faith. In Matthew 9, the scriptures are there. In Matthew 9, then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. According to your faith. That is because you have faith. Not in proportion to your faith. He said, according to your faith. Jesus did not provide healing according to the amount of faith the blind man had. He provided because he had faith. According to your faith. In Matthew 17, he replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there. And it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Wow. We are called to the unseen according to our faith. Little faith. Not so much the quantity of their faith, but the quality of their faith. A faith that is bathed in prayer. Our faith needs to be bathed in prayer. I do appreciate the church praying constantly all the Prayer chain, order fasting, and daily connection with each other praying. That's encouraging. But because our faith is in God. Matthew 8. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you believed it would. Go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servants was healed at that moment. Wow. What do you believe it would in your situation? Jesus said, it will happen. Matthew 9.23 If you can, said Jesus, if you can, the guy said, ask Jesus, if you can. Jesus said, if you can, everything is possible for one who believes. Jesus can do all things. Everything is possible. The question was not, whether Jesus had the power to heal the boy, but whether the father had the faith to believe Jesus will heal the boy. A person who truly believes will set no limits on what God can do. And I need that faith in this situation. Matthew 11. And you, Capernaum, would you be lifted to the heavens? No, you go down to Hades. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, it will have remained to this day. Wow. Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe you see the glory of God? These are the challenges. These are scriptures that cause us to have faith. The things we share are practical in nature, but it requires faith. It requires faith. 
as we go through. Next slide. The first thing is God's word never fails. God's word never failed. As students of the word of God, we need to use God's word to build our faith and the faith of our families, our friends, our colleagues. Romans 10. <coughs> Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. The only place we can build faith is through God's word. Not our experience, not tradition. God's word is where our faith, not even the past. Faith moving forward, we need to trust in God's word. Um, the value of sharing scriptures in our evangelism is important. I think um, in this era, we need to allow God's word to um, speak. And we encounter in our conversation with people on it. So I'll give you an example. I'm phoning my mom to see how she is. And she goes, oh, God is punishing the whole world and that and that. That's an opportunity right there for me to say, what do you mean by that? What are you referring to? And put a word of God. It may be about grace. It may be about God's providence. Whatever it is. But the conversation is started. When they will recite the Lord's Prayer. She never understood what it meant. And then. When. Um, the Soviet collapse came. She was looking for the meaning of why did we say the things we said at the funeral? And eventually, she realized, oh, it was something Jesus said. Who is Jesus? That is how that young lady became a Christian. But it was purely reciting the Lord's Prayer as a child at funerals. Brought it. God's word. God's word. Isaiah says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven. And do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bad and flourish. So that you seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish. It will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent. You see, God's word will never be in vain. Share the word with people. Share the word with your family. Share the word with your friends. Okay. Use them in evangelism. It's not our eloquence. It's going to be God's word. Our faith needs to be said that we need to say God's word will do it. Open our eyes. Open our eyes. Next point. We need to pray for the harvest. We need to pray for the harvest. We all know the scriptures in Luke. Jesus asked us to pray for the harvest. Okay. And um, Franklin shared, and it's something I'll get Jackie to share as well because she does this, about back in the years ago where Corey had finished a, a lesson on 
We asked the Lord for the harvest. And he said, pray for people to go into the harvest field. Then they look at the scriptures and realize he said Matthew 9.38. So they'll set their alarm every morning, 9.38 a.m. And they'll pray for the workers. Or 10.02, because Luke 10 verse 2, pray for the workers. And this was their fun way of actually obeying the commands of praying for the workers. I'll let Jackie share a bit because I know she does this. Yeah, um, yeah. It says there that we should um, pray for the harvest, and it's true because I was I was at the south side then, and um, Corey gave this charge. You know how people just share with you things that they're doing, and I took it upon myself. Um, for a while I stopped, but I remember from about, um, I think last year or the year before that, I set my alarm for 9.38 and I prayed, you know, every 9.38 the alarm would go off and I'd pray for the harvest. And uh, what it actually says is pray for the Lord of the harvest to send workers into the field. And that's been, you know, I just prayed. And I know that definitely that uh, we could all see it this year. God did incredible at the beginning of this year. You know, it was, it was, it, it was like a flurry of activity, you know, from Bonneville to Erdington family group to where there was just many workers. Most of the sisters got in their joints, studied the Bible with people, reached out to people. We had our women's day. There was a lot going on. I, I, I even remember there was a time, um, Chit and I met at, um, at, at John Lewis. And we were meeting for a time together and she came in and she just saw, well, this time it was a brother's, she saw about four, four tables with brothers and they're all studying the Bible with people. And I'll never forget her words. She says, Lord, you know, dear Lord, we've taken over John Lewis. And I, it was fun to see, but it's, it's true. You know, when we pray, God will, God will answer. He will. And he sent out workers for that time. But, after that, especially after our first two months, I, I started asking, I was looking for more. And to be honest, I, it wasn't so much more, I didn't direct it as to the harvest. It was more, I was just asking God, so God show us what to do next, where to go and whatever. And then of course, COVID-19 hits and we're all at home and you're thinking, so how do we do this? So it was good to hear you know, us being directed to pray these times. And for me, I'm going to take um, um, John 4.35 and add it on. I'm not going to be able to add, honestly, everything else on. But I will add on, pray for our eyes to be open to see the harvest. And to be honest, sometimes I feel that God directs us to pray in areas that he already wants to answer. Because I was sharing with the sisters, uh, Sybil and Claire and a few others, that I hit um I hit a, a a block last week. You know, I just felt the oppression of this, you know, this restriction of COVID nineteen. And um, as I talked with other sisters, they just directed me that you know, Jackie, open your eyes and see what God is doing. And really, really, God is bringing in harvest from all kinds. He's opening our eyes to see where the harvest is. Because consequently, I've been talking with sisters. And it's amazing how many sisters are already reaching out to their friends, studying the Bible with people, you know, or just attempting to open scriptures. Even the things that um, Roger and the the uh, Walter shared, the numbers of sisters are already sending scriptures, first of all, to each other, but also sending these scriptures to their friends. God is 
opening our eyes to see where the harvest is is coming from. But it's not just that, because of course we want the harvest, we want God to build the church and the church to grow, but also what God is doing, the harvest of answered prayers. Um, I'm sure we all remember, um, or some of us know about um, the Facebook, we've got a Facebook page, ICOC Global, and we're praying for um, our brothers and sisters who've been struck with COVID-19. And some of us will remember that there was a particular brother in, in northwest London, Douglas Harvey. This brother was at the point of death. Literally, the message we got was that he was on life support. His kidneys had failed. He couldn't breathe. He had underlying problems. And um, they're going to take him off the whatever, the ventilator. And his wife asked for a, a couple more days. And in those uh, in that time, and I know the saints, disciples were praying around the clock all over the place. And in that time, God just did a miracle. God is showing us where the harvest did, uh, is coming from. And um, two days ago, no, sorry, I think the 16th or the 17th, our brother is back home with his family, with his wife, and he's breathing on his own. And there's just so much more going on. And even in that list, I was looking at the list. I went on the Facebook page and it was incredible to see. There's a long list of people, brothers and sisters who are in hospital and ICU. And that list is getting smaller and smaller because what's happening, there's a second list that says pray for those who are in quarantine at home. And a lot of them are moving out of hospital, out of ICU and moving to being quarantined at home. God is bringing the harvest. He's showing us where the harvest is. So, brothers and sisters, these are not um, just things that we do because, you know, we have a box to tick. But really, I really believe that these are things that we do because God is directing us. So, um, like I said, I've been praying to pray for workers, but now I'm going to be turning my attention for God to show us where the harvest is to be had. Thank you very much. And um, a few reminders. James 5, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. We know the scripture, Elijah was just a man like us. He prayed, it shouldn't rain, and it did not rain. He prayed, it should rain, and it did rain. And we need to pray for the COVID situation. God answers prayers. Matthew 7, ask any to be given to you. John 14, Jesus said, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. So, let's pray. Next one. Fun. We need to have fun. Okay. Um, we need to have fun. The only fun I knew in my life was football. I was never on computer games or anything. I've never played computer games once in my life. So, just uh, whatever, however they move their hands. I'm yet to be educated. But I have some young men around me like Jason Carter and uh, Zach and James Azilo and Alex Bryden and all these young men, Josh, they'll teach me how to do these things. So, um, and my daughters too. We need to make it fun. Okay. We need to make it fun. Oh, somebody said Cameron will help me with that. Uh, it's true. Um, we need to make it fun. We need to contact our contacts, okay? Um, yeah, we need to contact our contacts. What do I mean by that? We need to be able to... Next slide, please. Yeah, we need to pray 
and call out contacts. I think for me, somebody said, wow, you were in Leicester. And I checked my phone contacts and I have probably over a hundred contacts of people living in Leicester or some of the students who moved to other places. And the person said, you know what, no matter where they are, you can contact them and you never know what will happen there. They are probably in a world somewhere, a church is close by, they don't have to be in Leicester anymore. And I don't need to be in Leicester anymore. So guys, all the contacts we've had, and God gave them to us, we need to go back, pray over them, call them, make it fun, A to Z or Z to A, whatever you do to make it fun within even family groups. Couples. Now, this is radical. <laughs> we can have cyber days. Did you know that? I'm going to learn to do it. I know it happens because Franklin did it and sent me the photographs. Okay, so next slide. This is Franklin and Nadine on Easter Sunday having a cyber date with their friend on the screen. Okay. So we can have a cyber date. Next one, please. Here they are. It was Easter Sunday. You can see the chocolates on all those, but it was purely desserts. Okay. Um, next one. And here they are on the screen talking to their friends. Okay. Now, Franklin said something radical. He said to the husband, the next time we need to organize it. So actually this friend said, okay, you and I, we need to do the cooking and invite our wife to the table and we'll have our cyber day. So this friend then set the next date for the date. Okay. And so um, I know it can happen. I need to learn. Okay. So there are cyber dates, not just for couples, singles, you can have small cyber dates. Okay. So I'm sure you do it already, perhaps. Teams, you can have cyber games competition, all right? I know there's a lot of fun going on in family groups and Bible talks, whatever. Quiz nights, karaoke, games nights. Please, let's share with each other. Let's have this fun around, okay? Um, brothers, cyber beer night, okay? Michael will share this on the Monday as we pray together. How the brothers in Leicester had a cyber beer night. And, uh, yeah, so there is so much we can do to have fun as we go through this period. Okay, I'll let Jackie share something. Yeah, um, back <laughs> from the story that was shared about the lady from Latvia that became, that came to faith. Uh, one thing she said was that, um, you know, even though she wasn't aware what the Lord's Prayer meant, but she knew that it it was just something powerful. And she made a statement. She said that when you're in, in darkness, that the smallest bit of light is really, really very bright. And um, I, I'm amazed, you know, by how much God has opened, you know, the doors for us to do incredible and amazing things um, during this lockdown and doing them online. And it's incredible to see, and there's so much going on. And if we are doing these things, um, some of them for us are fun. And as Roger has admitted, for him and I, a lot of this, uh, a lot of these are new things that we ourselves are learning. I mean, cyber dates, who knew, you know, but for us, we do them because of who we are. But for the people that we reach out to, 
like that lady said, even the smallest things that we do are really, really bright. We take so much that we do for granted, you know. People um, that are alone, people that don't have that many people to talk to at this time, if we invite them in to just join in with us in the things that we do, it will go a very long way. And already there's so much that we're doing. Um, I'm reminded of Ephesians 4.16. It says that um, that the church is built in love as each one of us, each one of us, each part does its work. And so all these things that we're being told, you know, that we could do, to be honest, we already are doing them. There are so many. I'm, there's a whole long list. I couldn't even begin to say everything. But already many family groups are already having virtual meetings. They're fam- having virtual family group meetings. They're having their disciples, the, you know, the brothers and sisters paired up, you know, brothers to brothers and sisters to sisters. And they're praying. Um, definitely, I know that the Wolverhampton group is already doing this and some others. But not only uh, something that struck me with something the Wolverhampton group is doing, not only are they pairing up and having virtual meetings, they're actually praying through a list of people that they send mid, uh, the links to our midweeks and our Sunday meetings out. And I thought, wow, what a great idea, you know. So it's not just about contacting our contacts, but actually praying through them because we're learning, we've learned here, and we know it. The power of prayer is incredible. And then also... um We've got our our Sunday midnight Sunday midnight to Monday midnight prayer chain going on. Let's use that, you know. Let's pray. There's so many people that we know. There's so many. Let's pray for the impossible. Right now, I am praying for people that are impossible. Um, our neighbor across across uh, the street. We're getting on fine, and then suddenly it's like they don't talk to us anymore. They, I don't know what the issue is. In fact, there are times. Um, like even during COVID, we go out to clap together and I'm like, hi, smiling at them. And they literally just turn their faces. I don't know what's going on. That seems an impossible situation. I'm praying for that. You know? I'm praying for a lady that we met that says she's a, um, a, a lapsed Jew, but she knows all the Jewish festivals and that, you know, I'm praying for impossible situations. Let's pray. Let's use our, our prayer chain to pray amazing prayers. And it's also <laughs> just wonderful what God is doing. Through those prayer chains, we're now connected to the Copenhagen Church, and any of us, any of us can join in. It's every Monday at seven seven p.m. and we're praying with a church across Europe. You know, the disciples are so hungry to pray together with other disciples. Um, the Erdington Group, what they are doing and talking about now, it's hard, but they're wanting to do it. They're following up on their women. Um, from the Women's Day, all these things that we have and we're doing, we can invite our friends, the hard-to-get ones, to these things. Um, some sisters are reading a book together, and uh, they're encouraging each other through those books. You know, there's uh, there are amazing book clubs going on. I remember when I was in Leicester, I heard about Sybil and her books, you know, and her love of books and all of that. But other sisters in other groups are doing that too. And um, I know we do it with us, uh, amongst ourselves, amongst the disciples. What we can do, we can invite our friends. If you have a group of, I don't know how many women, and you have one or two friends that are doing the same, it's incredible. Remember, the smallest bit of light in darkness is very bright indeed. And uh, other things that we're doing, we, I didn't do this. I know the Edge women, um, we all had a, a, what was it called, a coffee and cake um, diva coffee and cake morning on Saturday it went really well. What I didn't do was think about inviting 
um, non-disciples to that. But now with all the things we're learning, why not? You know, because it was very encouraging for those of us who were there. But of course, we can use that to bring in other people. The students, again, we're learning so much from the young people. They are just blowing this out. They are actually quite evangelistic. You know, they use their time. They're having devos um, virtually. They're having um, Bible studies going on virtually. It is just incredible. Like they said, they shared, they had um, a Europe-wide um, campus devo, you know, just Europe-wide. And then all the disciples, not just from Birmingham, but students from all, all across all across Europe um, joined in on that. And what they're doing now, every Sunday after church, the campus ministry, they meet up online and they play virtual games and they invite their friends. You know, So there's just so much that God has opened up for us that we can use to bring people in. We can, you know, use to encourage the church because um, in Acts 2.42, it does actually say that the church was built because the disciples were devoted the teaching and one another. So we build first by being devoted to each other and then we can pull people in. So all these things that we're doing are incredible. God is just opening doors. I am amazed. It reaches every part of the church. The teens have, um, uh, UK, sorry, devos every, every other Friday. I think this week they're going to have a UK wide teen devotional. They're just these are just avenues, so many of them for reaching out to our friends. Even in Leicester, it's a small church, but they're doing incredible. They um, decided not to have uh, a Women's Day this year. And what they did, they're having what's called a Women of the Word. And they go through the scriptures and study out one woman each month. And they're using that to invite their friends. And out of that, they're studying. I know one of their Bible studies, someone they're studying the Bible with, came from that uh, Women of the Word. And she is likely to get baptized this week or next week. And I know they're studying with another lady um, who's been studying the Bible for three years. But now that they're having to study with her virtually, um, she's there. It's concentrated. And I had a study with, I joined Marilyn in that study today. And it's just amazing to see how much God is really helping her to see that, you know, this time. God wants you to respond. So sisters and brothers too, God has blessed us with so many ways to build church, but also so many ways that we can use to reach out to our friends and our families there. So let's remember that our faith combined with God's word does amazing things. Thank you so much for sharing, Jackie, and keep going. Yeah, that's it. So, in conclusion, we do pray for God to open our eyes. And um, we really need to understand the word so that our eyes will be open. God is in control. God's word never fails. Okay? The seed we sow will bear fruit. Probably not in our presence, but God knows his time. We need to pray to see the harvest. And again, thank you for being involved in so much time in prayer. We need to contact our contacts. We need to set up that um, couple cyber date. It's going to be fun. And according to our faith, it will be done. Thank you so much for the time tonight.